am Dr. J. A. Rob Jr., CEO and founder of the Positive Black Male Association of Houston, featuring giggles and girls in LOGP. So what inspired you to create the organization? As a young man growing up in Montgomery, Alabama, I met my first mentor. And having a mentor has always been helpful to me because I never had a father around to help me. I had uncles that lived in Selma, Tuscaloosa, and places like that, but they would come and see me on the weekends. But my teachers and my mentor across the street, Mr. William Kidd Franklin, was there always to encourage me because they said I had tremendous talents, I had some gifts, and I was a different kind of child. How did just having a mentor help your life? First, at the tender age of seven, it gave me a role model to see, a man that I knew I wanted to be very much like, but at the same time, values, consistency, understanding of what a man was supposed to be. Right. And my teachers were also several male teachers in elementary school, and one including my uncle, Uncle Lola, Lorenzo Robinson, who was also that well-dressed individual, educated, who loved to help little boys learn the standards, which he called the 12 essential values, the seven pillars of character, and the six vital steps to lead to self-esteem. Yeah, I was looking that on your website. Can you tell me about uh, the pillars? The seven pillars of character are seven distinguished traits that allow one to look at a sense of who he or she need to be. A person of respect, a person of dignity, a very responsible person, a kind person, a person who is willing to help others, giving a person of mercy and kindness and all those things like that that go along with developing character in a person while helping one be more than just a friend, but to be a part of his or her community. How is it personally that you have such an impact on your, on the community kids? <laughs> uh, being a community child. Being a kid of the community, single parent mother, great mentors like Delore Parker, Mr. William Kears Franklin, and my uncle. I knew that there were boys like myself out there who needed more than just a basketball coach and a football coach. But they needed someone who believed in academic success, who pushed scholastic achievement, and most of all, pushed spirituality in terms of understanding that God is who he is and helping boys understand that yes, ma'am, no, ma'am, thank you, and please, went together like nachos and cheese. <laughs> plus, <laughs> plus also, uh, it was just so many boys in my neighborhood here in Houston, those my age, were doing things that I didn't want to do because they didn't have fathers. Then as I became, when I became a teacher and educator, I saw there were so many young men here in the Houston and Third Ward area who didn't have dads. So I stepped in and my, my theme was one man, two males, one model, two minds, rewriting old tales, creating new stories. And it was all about, if you would step on my feet out, I'll walk with you. If you would let me lift you up, I would carry you. 
I will be a hand up for you, not a hand out to you. And that meant that I'm going to help you make the grade. I'm going to successfully listen to you. I'm going to be willingly open to talk with you. And if you need me, call me. And that was just my motto for working with boys. And that does mean a lot when you're growing up, just an adult that wants to talk to you, not talk down to you. Right. Right. And I read an article. This is what really, really allowed me to create the positive black male. I read an article that said that young black males between the grades of three and 12 were going to become three things, a gangbanger, an addict, or a statistic. And I did not see myself being either, nor my friends. I, we, we were not like that. We didn't want drugs and alcohol. We didn't want join gangs, and we definitely didn't want to die. So how do I, as a person, make sure that this third grader, no, he don't have to die in the seventh grade. He doesn't have to lose his life in the twelfth grade because he doesn't have a father. He doesn't have to go to prison because he doesn't like school. Find a way for him to like school. Challenge him. Reward him. Be here for him. And that was what I began to do as a mentor, a teacher, and a role model. We've done quite well with it. Yeah, it's been going on for over two decades now. Yeah, 23 years now. <laughs> wow, 23. 23 how, years. Has, uh, how has the evolution process been with the organization? It has evolved. And in two years, we'll be celebrating 25 years. And we're beginning to, I'm beginning to pass it off starting April 29th. I'm going to pass it off as a second generation program, but to a third generation of kids. The boys who were in my program would be the CEO, the president. They would be the coaches, the basketball programs. They would do college tours. And now their sons and daughters are in the program as well. So we, we, we're evolving. How does it feel for you personally to hand it off for people you personally mentored? Well, these are outstanding young men. It feels great because, first of all, I didn't look for a CEO or a bank president, or I didn't look for someone who was not a part of the family. I groomed these young men so they could take over the program. They're architects, police officers, probation officers, teachers, their fathers, their entrepreneurs, their businessmen themselves. But they grew up without fathers. They were the first 17 boys in the program. And as I pass it off to them, they would be what I would call now the big five in about two years and the executive committee. So I'm elated to pass it off. Can you tell me a little bit about uh, the other programs you have? Yes. LOGP is our girls program. It stands for Ladies of Great Purpose. One of the young men I'm passing it off to, his mother brought him to us in the sixth grade. And why she was bringing him for mentoring and leadership, because she's an educator and she didn't have a husband. His father and him was having issues and daddy wasn't coming around. He was making a bunch of promises he wasn't keeping. So his name was Drew. 
Drew Heron. She began to say, well, every time I come with Drew, che uh, Chelsea said, well, when Dr. Rob saw the girls program. So what are you going to do about Chelsea? And I say, well, how is Chelsea? She said, Chelsea is eight. And she's over there giggling. I said, well, okay, Chelsea, we're going to call it Giggles and Girls. We're going to find us some girls. Because I know little girls like to giggle, Chelsea. And then we're going to, at the age of 12, call it Ladies of Great Purpose. Because I know you're going to be a great lady one day, Chelsea. You look like you have plenty of purpose going on in your head. Today, she is a master's degree RN from Prairie View University here in Houston, in Prairie View. And she's working in one of the lo local hospitals in neonatal care. But she was the eight-year-old little girl that allowed me to use her as an example for Giggles and Girls, who later became LOGP, our Lays of Great Purpose. And she's wow. doing a super job, yeah. That's amazing. The first first person in the program uh, working at a hospital. Yeah, Ladarius was the first male. He's an architect out of Prairie View University as well, and he would be the next CEO. So our young him and Trey were some of the first seventeen boys, and I uh, have a couple of firemen, a couple of guys are firemen. They really are great guys, and they active in the program. They coach the basketball programs. They go on the college tours with me. They help do the camps at the LSU. Another camp that we do called Camp uh, Camp Cognizant down at LSU. We do uh, Camp Allen is over near Texas A&M. We have uh, Camp We All are for our elementary school boys, uh, grades one through four. And then we have Stony Creek Camp, which is for the whole program. So they do four camps a year. We have about six different college tours, basketball programs, four-girl vision retreat, a bi-yearly bi -yearly debutante and gala ball. Yeah, and we also have seven, H, seven HBCU PWI college tours that we do with the kids. What have you learned from these kids? That everybody is somebody. Regardless of family status, regardless of living conditions, regardless of who they don't believe they are, we help them believe truly they are somebody. A lot of our children are talked down on low-income families. A lot of our kids are middle-class families. Some of our kids are also from a, a family or two that might be well-recognized in a sports family. However, the everyday kids who get along well. Everybody is somebody, regardless of financial status, living conditions, and who people say you are and who people say you are not. Everybody is somebody. What motivates you? <laughs> Willingness to serve community, education, faith, the children themselves, my wife. <laughs> my wife actually was a parent. Really? And yes, yes. And the ability to know that I'm not alone anymore, neither are they because of PBMA. I used to think I was alone, but, I, but my mentors often told me I wasn't alone. So I often remind them they're not alone. 
there's a family, a teacher, there's a role model, there's a city councilman, there's a farmer, there's a pastor, there's a neighbor next door that loves you. But you have to let them love you when you don't feel loved. You have to talk to them when you don't feel like talking. And you have to respect everybody when you feel you're being disrespected. That's what motivates me. Since you're passing the torch very soon, where do you want to see the organization in the next few years? i like to see it involved into another 20, 25 year organization that is serving, that is giving back, that is working in the community, clothing and feeding the homeless, that is putting kids in college, that is in classrooms, doing after school programs. Just a, just a total program for children in the community. And most of the part for children who sometimes don't feel like nobody cares. We care. We care here at PBMA. So over the past decade, you know, Houston has grown in population uh, so much. So do is it a lot more effort to get more kids involved? It is, but uh, I have a lot of parents who are calling me because the parents want to put the effort in to make sure that children are involved. A lot of our families come from low-income families in, in, the, in the inner city. The pro job market, they're not getting the better jobs. The housing market, they're being outpriced in their own neighborhoods. And the schools mostly are overlooking them because grades, behavior, things like that. So what we do is we make sure they understand how important their behavior is in the classroom, how important academic success is in the classroom. The moment we walk in the classroom, our students begin with, I am a leader, I am a learner, I am full of leadership. And I'll say, well, who are you? Say, I'm success. Say, what is your name? My name is success. What is your name? My name is success. So you're teaching them to feel successful, to think successful, and to speak success into their lives. Why? Because if you tell me I'm a leader and I believe it, I can be a leader. If I'm a leader, I can achieve. If I'm a leader, achievement means I'm learning. And learning means I'm full of leadership. Therefore, my name is success. I am a leader and I am a learner full of leadership. And that builds college dreams. That builds our communities back. That builds back children in the community who might not come from families where fathers are farmers and mothers are police officers and grandparents have been teachers. But it say I can be a fireman because my name is success. I can be a teacher because I am a leader. And I come, can become the mayor and the city councilman because I am full of leadership. So I'm willing to lead as I learn. As I lead, I lead again. And I lead again. And I lead tomorrow too. So I'm doing it every day over and over again. Doing what? Being a leader, being a learner, and being full of leadership.
that equals success all day long. Yeah. <laughs>